Joe Stewart Rattray, who serves as international director of ISACA, knows the challenges women face when it comes to securing a career in information security. For more than 25 years, Stuart Rattray's career experience has been focused in the IT field, with 15 of those 25 years focused on information security. Now as the international director of ISACA, a nonprofit association that supports InfoSec professionals, Stuart Rattray proves that women can reach new heights in cybersecurity. Here, Stuart Rattray explains how InfoSec has evolved and why the industry has struggled to attract and retain more women. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Joe, how has the InfoSec community evolved over the course of your career where the ratio to men versus women is concerned? Well, I remember Tracy when I first started uh, about 15, 16 years ago going to a conference in Melbourne, Australia and realizing that I was in a room with 200 and something odd delegates and that there were about three women in the room. One of them was a speaker and she was uh, speaking on legal matters and there were actually two security professionals in the audience. So that was pretty slim pickings as you can imagine. We see a far greater ratio these days I'm very pleased to say. I was at NYSACA conference in Las Vegas this time last year and we in fact had about 25% women at that event which was you know, much, much better but it's still kind of a slow crawl in comparison to, to other professions. And why do you think that is, Joe? What seem to be the greatest challenges to attracting and retaining women? It's a really difficult question. I think there are a number of answers to it, so bear with me. The first one I think is that we're not capturing the hearts and minds of young women early enough. We're seeing a year-on-year -year decline of enrolments in STEM courses at university or college. So that's science, technology, uh, engineering and mathematics and of course cyber falls into that, that bucket as well. And so we're obviously not capturing them. So we need to be talking to young women who are still at high school, perhaps even still in grade school to be talking about that it's okay to go into those kind of careers because there's this perception that you're going to turn out to be a geek or a nerd and you're going to end up wearing, you know, horn glasses and flat shoes. Reality of it is you don't have to be like that. You can wear heels and lipstick and still work in this field. So young women need to be shown that it's all right. There needs to be good role models for them of, you know, various stages of their professional life to be able to reach out to those young women. So I think that's one issue. The other issue that we see is that young women entering the, the technology workforce are in step with their male counterparts until the time that they take on or aspire to that first management role. At that point in time we begin to see the discrepancy of how many young women are there at that point. The issue then is about not just about gender diversity issues but it's also about salary discrepancy. So we find that this is where the salary discrepancy begins and in some parts of the world in Australia we have, a, well in the Oceania region it's about an 18% difference between the salaries of female executives in technology and males and I understand in some parts of the world that number goes as high as 23%. Of course we're talking the private sector there, there's equality of salary in, in most government departments and agencies that, that I'm aware of. But these are real issues. Young women are aware of this. That kind of publicity hits the front pages of the business news on a regular basis. It turns young women away. So I think these are issues that, that have to be considered and we need to do something about some of those issues. 
That's an excellent point that you make, Joe, about the fact that once women reach these executive or management levels, they're not compensated adequately. Do you think that has discouraged women who were perhaps interested in pursuing careers in InfoSec? Maybe they get started right out of college, but then they see that there's really no advancement for them from a monetary standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As I say, this, this is the stuff that hits the pages of the, the business news or the tech news. So women are aware of it. Why slog yourself having to feel like you need to be the, the brightest and the best to only be, in a way, disrespected but with a lesser salary? So you mentioned having good, strong female role models to help attract some of these young women to information security at an early age. Did you have any female role models along the way? When I started 16, in fact, I think it might have even been nearly 17 years ago, there were no female cyber or infosec role models that I can actually think of at the time. My role models have always been from a broader business perspective. In fact, I have people in my life that I call my leading lights or my shining lights, and they're people who've really made a difference to me and encouraged me. But one of the things that I recognised, there was a particular point in my career when I made the decision that I wanted to encourage more young women to step up to technology and into the infosec world. I was going for my first executive management role. It was a CIO role and I was pretty excited about this. I worked really hard to get to that point. And the woman who I would be replacing, because I was in a role in the organisation, did everything that she possibly could to ensure that there was male competition in the mix. And it was very clear that I was not the chosen candidate. She wanted a young male in that role. I was kind of really taken aback by that and was shocked that another woman would want to sort of discourage me from pursuing my career aspiration. I didn't understand it. I now realise that as more women come into these executive roles, we're not so much a novelty, I suppose. And I think that was the problem. She just did not want to see that competition in the rarefied atmosphere that she was operating in in those days. It was at that very point I did, by the way, I did win that job, so I was absolutely delighted. And that's really where my career took off and where I then branched into cyber. But it was at that very point that I realised that I was going to encourage as many young women as I could. And in fact, when I speak these days at career events, I will say I really want to see more young women come and stand alongside of me as my colleagues on the podium. I would really like to see more lipstick and heels in the boardroom. So I think it's about us as you know, executive women reaching out and encouraging young women. I don't see myself particularly necessarily as a role model, but I certainly see myself as someone who will encourage young women to step up to the plate. And I think that's what we should be doing, not discouraging them. I would love to see when we get to a point where we have gender equity in our field. Yes, you make some very interesting points, Joe, and it's, it's funny to look back because I myself have had quite a few female role models, so it's hard to imagine that a woman in an executive position would discourage another up-and-coming young woman from pursuing the same type of career path. But you mentioned a, another good point about you know information security and cybersecurity were much different back then than they are today. What actually attracted you to InfoSec and cybersecurity? Well, that goes back a long way. Obviously, I was heavily involved in technology, and I was actually lecturing at a college and I had a brand new course that I had to teach and it was called Computer Methods and Operations or something. But really what it was about was about security. And I thought, well, oh, hell's bells, I don't know a lot about this. So I started to make a few calls 
and I found this wonderful fellow who at that stage was the head of the then Commonwealth Police Electronic Crimes Unit and I think it was called Computer Crimes Unit back then. And this guy was just sensational. He said, oh, I'll come and talk to your students. Not a problem. And he really sucked me as well as my students into this world. And in those days, you know, we're really talking about viruses on foreign media because, you know, we didn't have the World Wide Web, but, you know, it was, it was closed networks, etc. Uh, or research networks were, were broader. But it was fascinating to see this other world, if you like, unfold before us. And so I can honestly say it was at that point that I became exceptionally interested and it was as a result of that experience that I was drawn into the infosec world in those days. So Joe, you're now the international director of ISACA. Are you the first woman to ever hold this position? Oh no, no. ISACA has been very, I suppose, leading the way in many respects ensuring that there are women in senior roles or executive positions within the organisation. I'm certainly not the first to hold that role. There are two other directors on the current board of directors who are female. We've had a couple of international presidents who've been women. So ISACA has a history in that. And of course, I'm very lucky to say that I have been selected as the bio-international president to be the board sponsor of a very new initiative in ISACA, which is the Women in Technology Advisory Council, which is a group of very high-profile women who recognise the issues about capturing the hearts and minds of, of young women and also about gender diversity issues and pay disparity. And we're coming together to determine how best we can put some terms of reference together to work towards working in tandem with others to make a difference in this space. So ISACA is a leader, I think. So Joe, at your day job, which of course, you know, ISACA is something that you do, but it, it doesn't consume all of your time. At your day job, you actually serve as Director of Information Security and IT Assurance at BRM Holditch. Do you have any female or many female employees who work for you or work with you or report to you at that particular company? Yes, I do. And I actually have a young woman who I call, we laughingly call my charming apprentice. She's fantastic and she's under 40 and she is really heading towards, you know, being me, poor thing, but she will eventually be me. And I think that's a great place to be. And I, as I say, I do encourage other young women. Um, one of the things that we see, there are less women in the super tech areas of InfraSec and CyberSec. And that's certainly where I'm looking to encourage more women to be involved. So Joe, let's expand on that a little bit. How do you define super tech areas? I guess we're talking about things like the penetration testing side, the vulnerability and threat management side of security. There are a lot less women involved in that side of the business and it's certainly something that I think when we begin to look at some of the new credentialing opportunities that are around, it will encourage women to be involved, to recognise that they have a skill set that can be recognised internationally through ensuring they have the right credentials, etc. But it has, again, women have been underrepresented in that area. So it's about encouraging, again, that feeling that this is not being a geek, this is in fact being one of the cool girls. So Joe, it sounds like women have more opportunities in InfoSec today than they did, say, 20 or 30 years ago. But you had mentioned earlier that we probably still don't see as many women entering the field. Is that correct? Or would you say that the opportunities have always been there, just women weren't pursuing them? I don't know that they were always there. Uh, you know, relatively, information security or cybersecurity is, is a really fairly new discipline. 
um, even when you look at technology, generally information technology more generally is, is a fairly new field of endeavour, but info and, and cyber are very new. And I really don't think, for whatever reason, there were not as many women and they certainly were not actively pursuing those roles. Um, and in fact, today there is still a great disparity in the number of women and the number of men in the field. It is definitely changing, which is only a good thing. But yes, there's not less opportunities. I think there are no doubt more opportunities. You know, currently there are about 900,000 unfilled cyber jobs, and we, I believe that by 2017 we're going to look at probably closer to 2 million jobs that are unfilled. Now if we have so many unfilled jobs, you need someone to fill those jobs in that space and surely gender should have nothing to do with it. So Joe, as we look forward, what needs to be done? What needs to change to ensure that we can attract and retain more women? I think I'll go back to an earlier point on that and that's really we do need to be grabbing the hearts and minds of young women probably before they make their choices for college or university. There's a program afoot in Australia called Digital Careers and it's really about capturing the hearts of, and minds of children in primary school which is equivalent to elementary school and getting them involved in projects that are fun but they're coding and they're doing all that sort of stuff and I think this is what we need to do. We need to, to make all of this stuff okay for girls. If it's okay for girls and they develop a love for it, which a lot of young girls do, then it becomes a natural progression that they'll look towards those STEM careers and therefore look to the education that they'll require to end up in that world at the end of the day. So it really is about capturing hearts and minds early. It's about putting in place the programs to attract and retain those young women as they move through. And when they get into the workforce, it's about retaining them once you've attracted them. And that means looking at issues of diversity and looking at issues of, of disparity in, in salaries and opportunities. And then Joe, finally, before we close, are there any additional thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? I guess I'd just like to say that I think it's, it really is time that, that women stood up and stood together and, and, and worked towards filling the unfilled jobs, making a difference, and by really, I guess, flexing the muscle a little bit to make sure that we are heard and that if this is the profession that we really want, go for it. And if it means that you know you have to get through a glass or a granite ceiling, then take your jackhammer and do it because it absolutely at the end of the day is worth it. It's about your personal fulfilment as well. It's not just about doing a job. You have to feel fulfilled in your work life. And I think that's probably the most important thing. Make sure that you will probably throughout the period of your career have four significant career changes. And if that's the case, the period of your career that you're in currently, if that's your cyber phase, make it count. Well, Joe, this has been very informative. I want to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. It's been a pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Joe Stewart-Rattray of ISACA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.